Welcome to the Conversations Podcast with Terry Law and Scott Law. I'm Scott Law, and I'll assure you that this is not your typical Christian podcast, just spouting that old-time religion. We're exploring the intersection of our life and faith in a way that's fresh and new. We'll be unpacking deep theological concepts in a very fun and relatable way. Together, my father and I have traveled to over 125 countries, endeavoring to be the hands and feet of Christ. We've also faced incredible personal trials and tragedy, and we held on to the grace of God through it all. So the purpose of our podcast is to share the love and grace of God with you and with those who've yet to hear. Again, welcome to the Conversations Podcast. Sit down, turn it up, and enjoy. Welcome back. This is Scott Law. Glad to be here. Dad? Uh, this is Dad Law, and I'm glad to be here as well. <laughs> We are going to change things up today. We've been giving you a lot of meat at the buffet table, and today we're going to give you a little, uh, a little fun, a little dessert, something sweet, something fun. Mm. So uh, we thought we would change things up and start off with a song. We're going to show in this podcast the connection between my mom, Pope John Paul II, and the fall of communism. We're going to be able to bridge all of that and tie it all together with a bow. So. It'll be interesting historically. Interesting. We're going to tell inside stories on the life of the Pope, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, it's just going to be fun. It'll be great. Good. Okay. Dad was a part of starting a music group called Living Sound on the campus of ORU. And he, he and, um, and Larry Dalton and a number of other students were part of that. My mom was as well. And um, she was one of the lead vocalists. And this is uh, one of the earlier recordings of her doing a solo she sounds a little bit like Rosemary Clooney, mm-hmm. and she was well-known um, as a great alto vocalist, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so here she is. For those of you who've never heard her, and those of you who know me and have heard me talk about my mom, this is, this is my mom. He's my rock, my son, my shield. He's my wheel in the middle of the wheel. He's my lily. song that I own with her singing in it that I can hear her. What do you think when you hear this? I think of Poland and I'm going to uh, talk about that as soon as 
song's over. You remember her singing this? Mm-hmm. Where do you remember her singing it at? The Polish nightclub, communist nightclub. Yeah? They made a mistake. They thought we were a rock and roll group. Yeah? And they invited us to sing in Poland. And it turned out we were Christians. The only songs we knew were about Jesus. And one of the great songs that night in the nightclub, uh, Scott, it's hard to describe. There'd be hundreds of young people in there. Uh, they're coming to a rock concert. They're not expecting what's coming. And uh, our group gets up to sing, and wow, it was powerful. And one of the opening songs was Jan singing, He's My Rock, My Sword, My Shield. I remember uh, when your mother passed, and uh, uh, Oral Roberts was one of the ones who talked about Jan at the celebration service, and he talked about her eyes. There was something about your mother and her eyes. She had big eyes and a big smile. And when she'd get on the platform and sing, she was so animated that uh, it just drew the, the crowd and drew the, uh, the audience right into the song. Mm. And, and Oral said, with Jan, it was about her eyes. She could look at us, and everybody looked at her. They'd never forget the, the look on her face. So mm. it was overwhelming. It was powerful. And, uh, wow, it's great to hear it again. It is. And so she sang in a nightclub. And that was in, uh, where, what city was that in Poland? That was in uh, Krakow, in the southern Poland. These Poles would say Kraków. Kraków. That's a pronunciation for them. But uh, we were there. We'd received an invitation to sing. And uh, I'd known for some time that uh, the Lord was going to take us into closed nations. And this was our first trip. So this was in mid seventies, right? This was about nineteen seventy two. It was okay. early seventies. Okay, and, early seventies. And you were shaking things up behind the Iron Curtain in Poland and getting people's attention, and, and actually doing ministry within the Catholic Church, correct? Roman right. Catholic Church. Right. But in that concert, we ended the concert with the chorus: "God is moving by His Spirit, moving through all the earth, signs and wonders when God moves." Now look at the audience for a moment. They're sitting with beer bottles on the table. They're there, they're smoking, they're doing various things like this, and we've come to sing and talk about Jesus. Mm. It totally blew the, the atmosphere apart, but what happened was that uh, the anointing of the Holy Spirit on our singers grabbed that audience almost like a, a dog would grab something by the neck and, and shake it. Mm. And uh, while I was hauled downstairs, and we'll talk more about this in our podcast going forward I was my life was threatened a whole lot of things but the beautiful part of what happened is that night we were there in that nightclub till 3:30 in the morning sharing our faith with people when the last song was sung I told my members of the team I said get out there and tell everybody you can about Jesus so there they were sharing their faith in a totally foreign environment and this was our initiation into the communist world and became uh, a bellwether for us in the days that lay ahead. And it was, uh, it, it, was a, it was one of those things when it happens once, you never forget it. And I will remember that night as long as I live. And that was in Krakow, um, where the cardinal was at well, the time. Well, uh, uh, Carol Cardinal Wojtyla, the leader 
of the Roman Catholic Church in southern Poland, a man who was later to become Pope John Paul II. Mm. He heard about our concert and what we had done in the Communist nightclub, and he was intrigued by it. And he made up his mind that one day he wanted to meet us. And uh, those moments came uh, when we met Pope John Paul II before he was Pope John Paul II. We met at his home. He loved young people, played the guitar. Yeah, I remember that. He played the guitar. And we uh, taught him uh, charismatic courses, courses that we sang over here in America. I remember that song, Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. And, and I was shocked, Scott. In fact, you and I just listened to a tape in 1979 of Pope John Paul leading the Polish people. There were a million of them there, probably more. They just couldn't count. And here he leads them in a chorus that we taught him to sing and to play on his guitar in his home. Hallelujah. And uh, wow. We heard we heard a snippet of it on ABC News. Right. About a five-second snippet. And I'm like, hey, that's the song that you talked about. Right. There it was. And, 1979. Uh, P- Peter Jennings was uh, announcing it was an ABC newscast. Mm-hmm. I sat here in Tulsa, watching this on international television, tears rolling down my cheeks because I knew where the Pope had learned that song. And uh, he had uh, captured it and made it his own. And the people across the country just naturally followed him in in song. Mm. They all knew the melody. Yeah. And uh, wow, it was one of those moments when you realize the impact that God has had you make in a nation like that, and it was it was wonderful to see. That's great, Dad. And then fast forward a number of years, he was, uh, Carol Wojtyla was chosen to be the Pope. Pope John Paul II was his new name in, in 1979. 1978. 78, I'm sorry, yeah. Yep. And he moved to the Vatican. And I, I was in Minneapolis at an international Catholic meeting. Uh, there were thousands of people there. And it was during our visit in Minneapolis that the Catholic Church voted for the man who would be Pope. And they voted in Carol Wojtyla or Pope John Paul II. And I I remember the shock of it. I was in this Catholic conference. I had pictures of the Pope carrying a Living Sound album, the Great Praise Praise Meeting. meeting, And he was carrying that in his hand. And... uh, when the news came, he is the new Pope in Rome, and the fact that I knew him, I immediately gained credibility in that audience like I would never have expected. And yeah. uh, I called the office, I, I told David Weir, I said, Dave, find every album you can find, everything. The people up here want to know about him, they want to uh, they, they be introduced to him. So it gave us a, an incredible place to minister. And uh, this was not an easy thing for me, Scott. I remember uh, our first invitation in 1974 to sing in a Roman Catholic church. We'd been ministering in the churches in Tampa, Florida. Mm -hmm. And one of the schools we sang in was a Jesuit high school. And the head priest came up to me after our concert. He said, would you come and sing in our Roman Catholic church in downtown Tampa? I was so taken aback. I 
Because you're well, evangelical. Yes. Uh, yeah. All of us were evangelicals. I did not think that uh, Roman Catholics knew Jesus. I mean, I, I had... At the time. I, yeah. yeah. I had real uneasy thinking about it. When the priest said, will you come? I said, well, let me pray about it. And I was going to make a short prayer. It wasn't going to take very long. And Lord, should we go? But uh, I went home to your mother's home uh, in Tampa. Jan was raised in Tampa. And I was praying one night, and the, I felt the, the moving of the Spirit on my heart saying, I want you to go and do that Catholic concert. So we walked into a beautiful cathedral, Scott, and uh, we had a huge PA system and instruments everywhere, and it looked so incongruous setting up this kind of a concert in a Roman Catholic church. Mm. And I, I remember the trepidation I felt inside these people, they don't know who we are. They're probably going to be insulted by what we do. Mm-hmm. But anyway, we went ahead, did the concert. And I remember there was a priest who was visiting from Northern Ireland in the Catholic Church as a guest. And when he heard our concert and saw what we did, he was deeply stirred by what he'd seen. And he walked into the sacristy. In the Catholic Church, the sacristy is where the body and the blood of the Lord are kept according to their theology and their understanding. And I followed him into the room. I remember reaching my hand out, touching him on the shoulder because he was emotional. He was praying with his uh, uh, rosary. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'd never prayed for anybody in that situation before, but I, I prayed for him. And as my hand touched his shoulder, I had a witness away down in my spirit from the Holy Spirit, and God said, I'm going to call you to minister in the Roman Catholic Church. And I got to tell you what a shock that was to me. I knew it was the Lord, and I remember when I introduced the idea to the music group a couple of days later in a Methodist church, and I said, I believe the Lord's called us to the Catholic Church. Half of my group wanted to quit. (laughs) They were evangelicals. They were good Christian kids, and several of them took me aside. One of them said, do you believe this doctrine about Mary, or do you believe this doctrine yeah. here and there, etc.? It was fear. It was fear. It was total fear on their part, but mm-hmm. I, I had been commissioned by God to lead them, and I didn't know if they really come along. And I remember, that was in 1974, and we had scheduled some concerts in Sweden that summer. And uh, we ministered across Sweden in our big bus. And I remember coming back on the bus to land on the continent. We'd been up in the islands in in Sweden, etc. I noticed in my bus ticket, it had a name that I'd never seen before, a a strange Polish name. I can't even pronounce it to this day. But I looked at it and realized we were landing in Poland and then supposed to turn west to uh, Europe. And we were scheduled for uh, some R&R, a break for the team. We, we had incredible schedules. And the Lord spoke to me on the ferry that night. And the next morning, Don Moan was our uh, bus driver. And I went to Don. I said, Don, you've heard me say that I believe God's calling us to the Catholic Church. And I said, I really think this morning, when we land in Europe, that we ought to probably go to Warsaw. 
the capital of Poland. Mm -hmm. It was an illegal act. We were not supposed to do it. But we decided to risk whatever would happen. And we turned our bus east instead of west. And that road on the way to Warsaw was full of pockmarks and holes, a lot of damage from the World War II, et cetera, et cetera. But we finally made it into Warsaw, about a 300-mile uh, trip. And as we were pulling into Warsaw, I saw the most beautiful, ornate church that I'd ever seen. It was called St. Anne's Cathedral. And Don was driving the bus. I said, Don, stop for a moment. He stopped. And I said to everybody on the bus, I said, let's go into this Roman Catholic Church for a moment. So we walked in, and the people were having a mass, and, you know, we just felt totally out of place uh, with the statuary, gold stuff, and all this stuff. And as I knelt and prayed in the church, I felt the Holy Spirit say inside of me, start here, do your concerts and start here. So it was two words from God that night, stop here and start here. <laughs> and uh, I found uh, an evangelical Christian who became our interpreter. I said, I want to talk to the, the priest who's the head of this church. He said his name is Father George Dombrowski. I said, I want to offer our group to do a concert for them in, the, in this church. Well, the priest was a little surprised. He said, who are you? I said, we're a bunch of Jesus people from America. He said, all right, well, why don't you come and do a concert on Thursday night? So they had a mass. We came out after the mass. We'd been praying in the back room, getting ready. Our huge PA system was set up. It felt almost sacrilegious to be pushing in PA speakers as big as a house and they're squeaking on the cobblestone in the Catholic yeah. Church. Oh, yeah. And, you know, we're bothering the people that are looking at what's going on sure. here. But when we walked out, ready to do our concert, I lost my breath. We walked out of the back room into the cathedral, and there were at least 3,000 people, body to body, throughout the entire cathedral. They'd had two days to advertise it. And I walked outside during the, the concert, and there were 2,000 people outside of the church totally blocking the street outside mm. of St. Anne's Cathedral. I didn't know what to do. The Lord just said, talk about Jesus. So I got up and I talked about Jesus. And at the end of the concert, I, I, I gave an altar call. I invited people. If they didn't know Jesus or were separated from him, we would like to pray for them. Mm. And uh, there were hundreds of people that responded hundreds i couldn't believe my eyes i didn't think they understood so i explained the plan of salvation one more time and nobody left nobody went away there was a priest standing six feet from me with tears rolling down his cheeks he'd been touched by the power of the holy spirit and mm. i was looking at him said god what am i doing here what are you doing to us well several days later Scott, I met Stefan Wyszynski, who was the, the head cardinal of Poland. He was Wojtyla's boss, gotcha. yeah. John Paul II's boss, and he was the head cardinal. And uh, we, he invited us to his, uh, his, his office, and uh, he prayed with us. And then he looked at me and said, Young man, you have a message about Jesus that is alive. 
The Communist Party in this nation has been telling all of our young people that God is dead, there is no God, etc., etc. But he said, when you sing, you're alive with Jesus. And he said, I'm going to open every Catholic cathedral in this nation to you. I want you to come back. And I want you to, to spend time amongst the Polish people because you have the message our young people needed. I was overwhelmed. Mm. And the call of God that happened in Tampa in that Catholic church came whooshing back into my heart. Yeah. And uh, we set up concerts after that, Scott. We did uh, several years. We were in Poland about f uh, four years total time we spent in the cathedrals. And the the results were overwhelming. And a revival started in the middle of the church, and we just stood there and watched what God did. But it was one of those moments where I knew I'd heard the Lord, and I knew that he had to put this on our hearts. And, you know, when we've been talking about hope in these podcasts. Yeah, we have. And we've been talking about coronavirus and what's happening in America financially in the stock market and the disease that spread like wildfire across the nation. And I, I tell you, when I saw and heard Cardinal Wyszynski in Poland say, I'm opening the church to you, I experienced a hope unlike anything that I'd known in my life. And it came in like a flood. It was like the glory of God. And God was saying, this nation is at your feet. You're going to be the one that I use and the people that I use to bring revival to the Polish church. And that happened. That happened. And when I was a 14-year-old boy, I had a prophecy over me in a camp saying, you're called the prophet who laid hands on me said, I see hundreds of thousands of people. You're standing in front of them. You've got a Bible in your hand and you're preaching and you're preaching to them. God has called you to the nations. And he's going to open unusual doors. 14 years of age. And I remember standing in front of that crowd of 300,000. And the words of that prophet from a little camp meeting up on Vancouver Island, Canada. The words came back to me and God said, This is the vision I gave the man who prayed for you. You're here. You're in my will. And I'm going to bless you. And what happened in Poland was hope. The message of hope, the message of Jesus, the life of Jesus came alive through our young people. I had young people in my group who didn't want to go into the Catholic Church. My bass player didn't want to take it in, in the sanctuary. But I said, no, we're going to do this. And uh, boy, the rest, I, we could tell stories The rest forever. is history, but you know, an interesting, I opened up by talking about mom and the Pope and the fall of communism. You know, history books credit the Pope, Pope John Paul II, as being the catalyst, catalyst of this um, critical mass to, to topple the Iron Curtain and, mm -hmm. and uh, bring the Berlin Wall down. But it has been said from people that knew him that the Pope credited Living Sound mm -hmm. and your ministry personally because of what you guys did in Poland and the hope you guys brought behind the Iron Curtain starting in Poland right. and how it spread. Right. And that's pretty amazing most people don't know that oh. but that's pretty amazing and to imagine the hope that we all need right now going on in you know all the turmoil that's going on in our country can you imagine being in, in a soviet block country or behind the iron curtain and the despair that you would have felt 
mm. because you can't congregate together and praise the and, Lord. And God had put us there supernaturally at that time by His power, and we brought hope to the Iron Curtain uh, nations. It, it's a miracle, and we'll talk a lot more about it in the days that I had. That's right. It wasn't a political hope, no. Nope. Which is what uh, you know the New Testament believers were looking for in Jesus. They thought it was a political hope for Israel. No, uh, Jesus brought the hope through the cross, right? Through his through his atoning blood mm. and his message of healing and salvation. And yeah. it's beautiful and That's it's right. so powerful today as it was then. Yes, and it is. Um, we've got a great opportunity on this podcast to tell people the good things of God. And the message of hope is central Amen. to what we have to say. Amen. So now you see the connection between my mom, the Pope, and the fall of communism. So thank you for visiting with us uh, today. And uh, we look forward to talking to you again soon. Grace and peace on you all. Take care. Thank you for listening today to the Conversations Podcast with Terry Law and Scott Law. We hope you enjoyed it. This podcast has been brought to you by our sponsor, Terry Law Speaks. Go to terrylawspeaks.com if you'd like to book Terry to speak at your church or special event. And be sure to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and many of the other major podcast platforms. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We'll see you next time as we continue to share the love and grace of God with you and with those who've yet to hear.